0: It's amazing halfway across the world I can wake up and see the terrible news of Sri Lanka where multiple churches throughout that country have been bombed this morning. 200 people confirmed killed many more injured. If I come here thankful that I could come here in the United States live comfortably and safely without no issue or concern for my safety. Today's a pretty special day for me. Like my pastor, I was ordained on Easter Sunday. Amen. That was five years ago. And I see a lot of faces around the room that have supported me throughout that time. Even before that, when I was a little boy, seeing me to a man, I'm thankful for this. It's also a special day because it's my sister's birthday. So when you see her, make sure you give her a big old hug and say happy birthday to her. If you weren't here for Good Friday service, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Because like a good CSI episode, we deconstructed the crime scene and what that means to us personally. You may not get the full impact of today's message if you don't understand Good Friday. Too much time in in church we pass through Good Friday to this morning. So I encourage you if you have the time to go back and listen to that. Especially read Psalm 22. As you hear the perspective of Jesus Christ on that cross. Not only did he know when and how he was going to die, but he also knew his why. Not too many of us get to know that. I'm also reminded around this time of year um, of my Aunt Terry, who passed away seven years ago. Aunt Terry was my closest family member. She was there, she was the support we always had, she would always give us the love overwhelming love and encouragement. She would make sure that me and my sister stayed on our education. I had just started my graduate program, and like her, she had a lifelong passion for education. She was diagnosed with cancer and put on hospice leave around this time. I remember my last conversations with her. I recall those. I remember walking into her apartment, and everybody, my family members were there, knew what time it was. They cleared out for a chance to spend one last moment with her. We talked about The Wire, how it was our favorite show to debate. Me and her could probably have a dissertation on how great The Wire is. But there became a time where it got serious. We started talking about our relationship with Christ. She confirmed to me that she was comfortable with the relationship with Christ. And I had an opportunity to thank her for the love and support she has shown me. See, my niece was at that time a premature child, she had just been born when my Aunt Terry was about to pass away. I think my niece came early just so she could meet her. I remember stealing the wheelchair here at church, working out with the nurses so that she had the opportunity to hold my niece. That is an image I will always cherish. I got to thank her for teaching me how to be an uncle. And that some of the very things that she did with me, I'd do it with my nieces today. I remember I was at the track meet where I was standing at when I got the phone call that she had passed away. I had to tell my athletes, "Hey, this week I'll be gone for a little bit." If you've never been a part of a funeral service, part of the family, or someone close to you. It's a hard time. And we are going to have a visitation service the night before the funeral. And I remember sitting there nervous in the car, not wanting to go in, because this will be the first time I get to see my Aunt Terry in a casket. You guys understand that feeling? Can you guys recognize that? This is where we pick up today. The disciples are hurting. Someone close to them has passed away. They are scared. They're scared for their safety. They're confused. They're in grief. So this is where we pick up in John chapter 20. It says, Early on the first day of the week, While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. She came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over, looked in at the strips of linen laying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along beside, behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen laying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still laying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Jesus' resurrection creates intense reactions. No matter what side of the fence you're on, This moment has changed the course of human history. What year is this? 2019. We know there was years before 2019. But because this was such a pivotal moment, the way we tell time has forever been changed. Time itself, the way we mark it on our calendars is forever changed. The people who witnessed Jesus' empty tomb experienced some intense, powerful emotions that caused them to run. Not sure how many of you like to run for fun, <laughs> but some of you will probably take a little bit motivation to start to run. Would you agree with that? I can imagine someone. What? What? What do, you, what do you mean? Jesus is gone. We gotta go. As they're running, I'm not sure what they're thinking. Oh gosh, i we going to get in a fight with the Roman soldiers. I'm going to get in a fight with the leaders of the Jewish church. We want to, Peter probably brought his sword. I'm going to cut our ear off again. Hold on, Peter. Calm down. Or maybe they remembered what he told them. That this is not the end. That he will rise three days from then. So maybe they showed up with the expectation of seeing Jesus there. John, who doesn't mention himself, but he says the disciple who Jesus loved, said he saw and believed. What brought you to church this morning? Was it because you do this every Sunday? Are you a Christmas and Easter guy? Or gal? Do you do it because grandma brought you here? Mom drove you here? Like the disciples, I'm hoping that many of you ran here today expecting to see Jesus Christ. Expecting to have a personal interaction with Jesus. Are you expecting to hear from him? Are you prepared to do so? Did you even bring something to take notes with? Or are you just coming to sit in a pew for a few hours? Like the disciples, we need to start running towards church, expecting to see, hear, and have a personal reaction, an intense reaction with Christ. Verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus' Jesus' resurrection is much more personal than we might expect. These three people have been rocked to the core this Sunday morning. Peter's probably still grieving about letting Jesus down and denying him. John was there witnessing his crucifixion, adopting his mom, Jesus' mom as his own. Mary had a deep personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And she is sitting there still grieving, still mourning, because she went there to give an offering to Jesus, and he is not there. I don't know where he's at. He's not there. How they responded show how close they were to him, but also showed how much further they got to grow. If you read through the Gospels, He tells them over and over again what's going to happen. He tells them this. This is like Pastor Fields saying the same things over and over again, and you got not understanding it. And then call him with a question about the very thing he keeps repeating. Some of you are laughing because you know the response you will get. From Pastor Fields. I told you. The empty tomb, empty tomb may have given them excitement, but also created confusion. It gave them great anticipation, but also an overwhelming sense of fear about what Jesus' resurrection meant to them personally. Verse 15 He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, you have carried him away. If you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned around and cried out in Raboni," which means teacher. There are many people that will pronounce your name, but there's a select few, you know exactly who they are by the way they pronounce your name, how they say it, or the part of the name they choose to say. My mom my, my mom was the only person that calls me T. T? I know that's my mom. She says Edward, I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> you can tell that she had a close personal relationship because as soon as Jesus said her name, she knew exactly who it was. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that she had these things, he had said these things to her. From that moment, you can see an inflection point in Mary Magdalene's life the moment she realized that Jesus had died and was resurrected. Because at the time, the Jewish people could not understand that the Messiah could die. They, don't, they, they can't wrap themselves around it. It was two Jewish guys who came up with the character of Superman. Imagine Superman dying. That's how they visioned the Messiah and they made this comic character. They couldn't envision it. They still can't. They're still waiting 2,000 years for a messiah. And here is Mary who's had a personal interaction with Jesus to confirm that he defeated death. That he is the Messiah. That he is the one that died for her sins and gave us a relationship back. When we realize, realize this importance of today, something should be stirred within us. She couldn't help but share her excitement to everybody. She couldn't help it. How many of you gave your, first, your life to Christ and you couldn't help but share the good news? You couldn't help it. You were on fire. You were running back and forth, telling everybody and everybody what that means to you, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. But he waited for Mary to realize. And I'm sure some of you came today not expecting that Jesus is waiting on you. But sometimes we got to hear it for ourselves. we got to see it and feel it for ourselves. I can imagine being in the room with the disciples still in fear, locked up, praying, behind closed doors, hoping no one saw them enter the building, afraid for their lives, Maybe maybe trying to come up with what's next. Should I go back to fishing? I don't know. My grandfather got a farm he left me. Maybe I should go back there. And then Mary busts in the door. I have seen the Lord. Come on, Mary. (laughs) Crucifixion is undefeated. No, I've seen him. Trust me, I have seen him. So you know some of you are hard-headed. So... For some of you hard-headedness, like the disciples, we'll see what Jesus does here. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for the fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed him his hands and his side the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord I can't imagine having a hole through my hand <laughs> Hey Peter hey, touch this <laughs> go ahead go ahead all right no I don't want to touch it that's nasty I hate blood I hate scars I don't, I don't like any of that stuff hey go ahead put, put, your, put your hand in my side go ahead Ooh, that kind of tickles. I'm just messing with you. Jesus, you play too much. Okay? Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. We sometimes face fear in our faith journey. It's amazing to me that the disciples weren't dancing in the middle of the street when they heard that Jesus was was alive. Not because of his resurrection, but because of how the religious leaders might have been preparing to target his followers. It's a natural instinct. If I identify myself as Christian, I may be putting my harms away the very same way Christ did. Maybe that fear that we have today to identify as a Christian is the fear of what other people will say or do. Afraid to post something on Facebook. Afraid to talk about it. Afraid to tell your best friends. Afraid that they may view you differently. Afraid that you may stand out. Afraid of whatever it is, that you may not be worthy enough. But Jesus can transform our fear into joy. As soon as he showed up and reintroduced himself to them, they were overjoyed. You can't be helped. We have Jesus in your life to be overjoyed. The very same place where you saw your sins be nailed in was the very same place I could place my finger. Knowing that that should have been my hand. That should have been my body. That should have been my side. While they may have heard from second hand from Mary, they had a first hand experience with Jesus. One that forever changed the disciples. To the point where almost all of them happily died. Some of them violently death. Serving Jesus Christ. That's why we're here today. That's why you're on the pews on Sunday morning because they were forever changed to the point where they couldn't help but spread the good news. They couldn't help and share what had happened. And all nations have been touched by this. But there was one individual who was not there. We'll see. We'll see Jesus' interaction with them. Verse 24. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. My Lord and my God. Verse 27. Then he said to Trevor, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. Etta, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop doubting and believe. My Lord and my God. Verse 29. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Friday's message was titled, The Purpose. We'll see the reason why here. Verse 30. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Jesus is calling you to a personal relationship with him. They had, he wants a personal relationship with you so much, He recorded His ministry in life four times in the Bible. He gave us His perspective from the cross. He gave us from the very beginning with Adam and Eve the, the, the plan of how it was going to happen. All of human history has been changed forever since this moment. And you are still sitting there coming on Christmas and Easter only. Jesus, I'll get to you when you're there. You still have those locked doors in place. It's time to invite Jesus in. It's time. Put your finger here. Put your hand in the side. Stop doubting and believe. Stop sending him to the cross for you. Stop doing it. You know what those nails are that you put in his hands. Why are you continually having him to receive that punishment over and over again? You know what you need to do. Put a blocker on your Internet, so the porn can't get to your computer. If you need some help, call me. I know a thing or two about computers. You know the changes you need to make. You know it. You know the addiction that you have. There's a recovery class. We'll help you out with that. There's this great support group. You know your credit card limit is maxed out. You know the lifestyle you need to make. You might need to make some peanut butter jelly sandwiches and take them to lunch. You'll survive. You don't need to have Firehouse and Subway and Chipotle every lunch break. Speaking for myself. It's so bad. They know me by name at Firehouse Subs. But you and I are included in this scripture. For those of us who believe, we are called blessed because we have not seen and yet believe. And by believing in Him, as Christ says, that, and John says, you may have life and have life in his name the debt has been paid God can now look upon you and have a relationship with you he can hear you again he can feel you and have a relationship with you the same way we have with Mary he is calling to you something that voice is so loud that you cannot understand you can hear anything but him at this moment I'm going to give you an opportunity to finally answer the door. You don't have to come up here. We're going to sit in your pews. This is you and him time. If you want to answer the call, please bow your head in prayer. Dear God, I'm still living behind my fear. I'm still having behind locked doors, places where I haven't placed you in, places where I'm ashamed to put you there. How worthy they keep you in the living room where it's clean and dust free. But I need you to go into my bedroom in the master bath. See my dirt, see my grime. So I want you to be in my life. You're asking me to put faith in you. I'm putting my hand where your nails were. I'm reaching my hand into your side. And like the disciples, from this moment on, I am forever changed and serving you. Today I'm calling you my Lord. I am walking away from my old past of a life of sin. I can't go back. I can't send you to the cross continually for me. Even though you are so willing to do so time and time again. I invite you to all corners of my life. Take my baggage. Take my clothes that don't fit me no more. Take them to goodwill and drop them off. Bring the services and help that I need into my life. Bring the people into my life. Because from this day forward, I can't help but share the good news. Jesus, we love you, and we honor you, and so humbly thank you for how, when, and your why. And that was for me. And your sons, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray. Amen. Amen.